There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index on the Anfield Index Podcast Network. I am your host, Matt Topolsky, and we have breaking news just in regarding Seth Rollins, and that is definitely what we will be covering on the show tonight, so buckle up for that. I am very happy and honored to have back with me on the program, Dave Hendrick. It's been a while, Dave, since we've had you in. Welcome back to the Pro Wrestling Index. Thanks a million, Matt. It's really nice to be here. I've been looking forward to coming back on. I had a great time the last time, and hopefully we'll have a good time tonight. Absolutely. We've got a lot to talk about, Dave. And um, it's funny, uh, a few times that I've been doing this show, there's been breaking news either happening just before, just after, or during. And once again, it doesn't disappoint. Seth Rollins, uh, unfortunately, during the WWE tour in Dublin, injured severely, um, tore multiple ligaments in his knee, and the prognosis is not good. Expected to be out for six to nine months, possibly even longer than that. What uh, What are some of your first reactions to this news? It's it's absolutely heartbreaking for him. As a wrestling fan, it's a huge blow. Um, he's been one of the bright lights in the WWE for the last you know eight, nine months. I think he's just been getting better and better. He's been developing his character. He's been getting better on the mic better in the ring which I didn't think was possible because he's a rare talent in ring um there was this happened obviously last night uh, here in Ireland and there were some rumors I saw on the internet last night that he'd hurt his knee no one could really define what was wrong and then it's come out today torn MCL torn ACL which is the big one and a torn meniscus Matt I don't think we'll see this guy anytime before SummerSlam next year yeah, I um I have to agree with you 100%. I see absolutely no way um that we're going to see Seth Rollins back anytime soon. I mean, this is uh this is as severe a knee injury I think as you can possibly suffer because we're talking about multiple ligaments being torn, uh not not a clean tear on 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 one uh, on one ligament either. So uh this is uh, super bad news for the WWE and it's a shame for Seth Rollins first uh, title reign to come to an end like this. I mean, he has been WWE champion since uh, WrestleMania. Uh, this is one of the longer reigns in recent history. And if my uh, statistics serve me well, this is actually the longest first reign of a WWE champion since John Cena's. So um, pretty heartbreaking for Seth Rollins and, of course, for the WWE. But as they say, chaos is a ladder. And this uh, 
you know, presents an opportunity for several of the other stars in WWE. And uh, some have argued that the product needed to be shaken up a bit. And I think we both can agree that's exactly what's going to happen here. Uh, WWE.com and Jonathan Coachman of ESPN, formerly a WWE announcer, tweeting out earlier that uh, Survivor Series will now be a tournament for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. What do you think about this, Dave? And who are some of the potentials that uh, we could see in this tournament? Well, I love the idea of a tournament. Um, the, the last time I was on, I spoke to you and Mo about how I used to love the the King of the Ring pay-per-view, that, tur- that tournament fo- um, format. I'm really excited to see what they do here. It's a bit of a shame because, uh, you know, Survivor Series for me, I still love the old traditional Survivor Series. I love the really old ones where it would be like the the four-man team, the elimination, and then you, you would have a final match with the Survivors. I love that type of thing, but this excites me. I really hope they encompass everybody i'd like to see some of the nxt guys get a go i'd love to see finn balor in this tournament i'd love to see samoa joe in this tournament um i really hope cesaro who i know you're a big fan of as well is heavily involved because for me he's one of the guys who should be in that title picture because i just think he's a truly special talent um i'm sure we'll see sheamus and and wade barrett and I think, Matt, I think they're going to have to reach out to a couple of, you know, friends of the WWE and try and bring in some big names. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the things that has been rumored uh, throughout the internets and the dirt sheets as well, uh, that WWE is in a frenzy right now because this affects more than just the championship short term. I mean, we're entering WrestleMania season. It's right around the corner. We have the Royal Rumble coming up, which is going to set up uh, WrestleMania, the biggest WrestleMania arguably in history from AT&T Stadium in Dallas, where they hope to put over 100,000 asses in the seats for that one. Uh, They now have to figure out a new long-term plan for the title because it was my expectation that Seth Rollins was going to carry this title all the way to WrestleMania for the much-rumored triple threat between the Shield Mm. for the title. That is no longer going to happen, obviously. Um, This uh, could also present a scenario where we finally get um, Dean Ambrose facing off against Roman Reigns, uh, perhaps in this tournament as well. Another thing that uh, is going to be determined, I think, is what happens now between Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker. Does that match still take place? at Survivor Series? If it does, does it potentially take place in the tournament? I think it has to take place in the tournament because Bray Wyatt has to be in this tournament, Matt. There's just no way around it. I mean, they're they're ruining him at the moment with these pointless storylines and everything seems to take, you know, four months to do one month's worth of progression with, with what they're doing with him. I love the fact that the, the Wyatt family is now growing but now he needs to take that step on as a singles competitor because every time he's in a big feud, he's the one that comes out on the losing end. I think the only time he's ever won the blowout match was against Dean Ambrose when they had that ambulance match. I could be wrong with that now, but I, I think that is that is accurate. So that has to be in the tournament, but then you have to wonder, is it worth The Undertaker coming back just to be in the tournament? And... If, you, if we think about this logically, those matches now, especially like the first round matches, they're going to be shorter matches, probably 10 minutes or so. Yeah. So is it worth bringing Taker back just to have 10 minutes? I mean, his entrance alone is going to be five minutes. <laughs> so, 
you know, for me, I'd hold Taker out till till Rumble. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, and and Survivor Series was originally going to be built around the Undertaker and uh, what I believe was the 25th anniversary of the Undertaker. And now uh, that that sort of loses its luster. It sort of loses its importance because now this this show and the overarching theme of this show has to be primarily about the WWE Championship and the tournament for the title itself. So uh, I you know it it would be lost in that. And um, Taker has made it pretty clear with his actions that this is uh, this is going to be his final run uh, and that he'd like to compete at Survivor Series, potentially compete at the Royal Rumble and obviously at WrestleMania. But um, you make a great point. Uh, this, if, if not in the tournament, would have to be held off until the Royal Rumble. But uh, it also presents an interesting scenario because if you put Taker in this tournament and you have the matches short, potentially The Undertaker could find himself walking out mm -hmm. WWE champion. I was just thinking that as you began speaking, that's exactly what I started thinking. Wouldn't this be the perfect opportunity just to give him that one last thank you for everything? You are one of the all-time greats, and this is your farewell pr present. This is your last run with the belt. Because I can't remember the last time he had the belt, Matt. I think, didn't he lose it to Edge in, in one of Edge's fir first title runs? I think we're going uh, back probably what, eight, yeah. nine years maybe. Oh gosh, yeah, quite you know, a long time. I'm and, gonna and have, I'm gonna have to look that up and uh, and see for sure. But I'm I'm not sure exactly. But it has been a while. It has it has it's been, been too long? I you know you know maybe Triple H comes out for this tournament. Maybe he decides to you know take off the suit because at the end of the day he's he's a star. He's one of the big names. He's a legend. It'd be great to see him in this tournament. And again with the short matches that might suit him as well. Yeah. Um, the, uh, as what I'm seeing here, the last time I believe the uh, the uh, WWE Championship was defended by the Undertaker was at the Royal Rumble in 2010. It was actually the World Heavyweight Championship um, at that point. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I yeah, think that's, so that's uh, five years. It so, yeah, so yeah. it'll be it'll be ne nearly six years. It's not as long as I thought, but still, I think too long for a guy like him to have not held the belt. I know he's been a part timer for pretty much the last four or five years, but still, he's the Undertaker. It would be amazing to see him get that one last run, even the whole way into WrestleMania, and then, you know, have him go out losing the title to whoever it is. If it's Reigns, if they've ordained Reigns as the next big thing, which I think they, they have, you know, what better way for Reigns to gain some legitimacy than beating Taker at, at WrestleMania? Yeah, uh, that that would be huge. Um We've got a couple of Twitter questions that are coming in as well. One is from Andy Wales, who uh, obviously I had the uh, the honor to join as a guest on the Reds Review uh, earlier this week on the Anfield Index podcast channel. He said, uh, do you think that they might go for the long-awaited Ambrose turn on Roman Reigns? What do you think about the potential of this actually happening where Dean Ambrose finally turns on Roman Reigns and walks out WWE champion? Oh, it's an interesting idea um but in a tournament basis i'm not really sure how they set up the turn unless reigns wins the title and then ambrose attacks him afterwards and that sets up i think you would have to have ambrose lose earlier in the tournament run in to celebrate with reigns if reigns wins the title then attack reigns and then set up reigns versus ambrose for the rumble as the main event for the rumble that's the only way i could see that working 
Um, one of the things that's interesting and that somebody had pointed out as well is having a turn, but having Roman Reigns involved in that turn. If you have Ambrose and Reigns make it to the finals of the tournament, and much like Deadly Game Survivor Series 1998, in which The Rock was becoming white hot as a babyface, he turns and joins the corporation. The corporation helps him win the WWE Championship. And by doing that, he becomes the number one heel in the company. Perhaps we could see Roman Reigns join the authority and become Ooh. WWE champion. I mean, I've argued on this on this program, and other people have said as well, that Roman Reigns should become a heel, uh, a heel and have yep. a heel run first. What do you think about that? Well, you, you said that to me the first time I was on the podcast with yourself and Mo, and I, I totally agree. I think the best way for Reigns to become the main face of the franchise long term is for him to become the main heel of the franchise in the short term. And as Triple H himself has said, there is always a plan B and it would be an incredible plan B to have Reigns turn and join the authority. It it definitely would. And and with you know with, with Orton being out, they don't really have an a, a you know a guy that the authority could, you know, bring into the inner circle. And then Obviously, what that also does, thinking long-term, is it brings Rollins back as a face. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, it's inevitable, as we've seen in the past. Um, if you remember Triple H's uh, quad injury, he went out as a heel. He came back to a thunderous face ovation. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, incredible, incredible. Yeah. I've still never forgiven them for ruining that by having Angle come out too early. Ah, yes, I remember that. It was kind of like when they ruined Eric Bischoff's arrival. Yes. I remember that, too. It was like, Absolutely. there's Eric Bischoff on the Titantron talking to Booker T, and I was like, wait a minute. Why would you do that? Like, yeah. I, it, was, it, was, it was the biggest, the biggest screw-up, I think, uh, in the history of Raw in terms of debuts for a character because you don't do that. He did get a big pop, but you don't do that, and it's but an it, even bigger pop. Yeah, exactly. It would have been so much bigger if they if they hadn't shown him first. Well, actually, Dave, we have Mo Chatra joining us now on the Pro Wrestling Index as well. Mo, welcome in. And uh, we've been talking about the breaking news regarding Seth Rollins and his injury. Uh, what were your first reactions when you heard this? Well, disappointed, almost upset, but... Excited as well, believe it or not, because, yeah, I mean, it's an absolutely dreadful shame that one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the best, is out for a long period of time. Um, it does nonetheless present the WWE with a fantastic opportunity to really freshen things up, and they've got a opportunity to do that at the uh, Survivor Series when they hold their title tournament to crown a new champion. So... It's a mixture of good and bad as far as I'm concerned. Good in terms of an opportunity to really freshen things up. Dreadfully bad in that arguably the best wrestler in the world is not going to be on my TV for quite a while. Yeah, it's uh, it's one hell of a sacrificial lamb uh, to, to be able to shake things up. But by doing so, you lose arguably uh, your best worker and your best competitor. Uh, Dave and I were just talking about some of the potentials for this tournament. We were talking about Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker and what happens uh, with Bray and The Undertaker. Do they make that match in the tournament? Do they postpone that match for a later date? Uh, what say you regarding the Bray and Undertaker situation now? Well, I think that 
the teasing that was taking place on Raw and SmackDown was that this was going to become a wider issue involving um, the rest of the Wyatt family as well as um, Kane. And I think that we'll probably see a continuation of that. I mean, there is obviously the opportunity to bring Bray Wyatt, The Undertaker, possibly even Kane, and maybe even other members of the Wyatt family into the tournament. But uh, if they do that, then there really won't be much else uh, to the show other than the tournament itself, which is fine. I mean, the WWE might decide, okay, let's make the whole show about the tournament itself. Uh, but I think they need to have a little bit addition on top of just the tournament. So my view would be to actually keep the title tournament separate to the Wyatts against um, the Brothers of Destruction, continue with that storyline as planned and keep them out of the title picture. I personally wouldn't want to see the title end up on any of those individuals either on the Wyatt side or on the Brothers of Destruction side. So I'd continue as it is. (laughs) Go on then. Go on, Dave. You're not not a fan of that, Dave? No, I think he's just... I I can see... No, I can totally see Mo's point because... The worst thing really would be to, like, obviously they're having to rewrite the main event picture now for the next six, seven months. And to completely reshape the card would be massive upheaval. And it would make the whole, you know, why it's coming in at Hell in a Cell and carrying Taker out even more pointless than it seemed at the time. But I still think you have to have Wyatt in that tournament and I still think like as we were saying I just I do think that the idea of maybe putting the belt on Taker for one last run would be a lot of fun and would be a, a nice fitting way to end his career just to bookmark his career he had a title run early on give him a title run late on and then let him ride off into the sunset after Mania uh, another contributor to the Anfield Index tweeted uh, earlier today upon this breaking news uh, said that he's gutted for um for Seth Rollins and he said that uh Right now, WWE are missing Rollins, Cena, and Orton in a period when they need stars the most. That was mm. from Sam McGuire. Um, so perhaps Undertaker is that guy that can can carry it uh, one more time. But also, you know, there are some other stars as well. You know, you talk about Bray Wyatt, uh, obviously Dean Ambrose, and and the potential that we talked about where where maybe Dean walks out with the title, maybe Roman Reigns walks out with the title uh, and with, with the authorities help if reigns does a heel turn, what are some of the other potentials for this tournament that you gentlemen see uh, Dave, who are some of the other stars that you'd like to see in this tournament? Perhaps. Well, to be honest, the one thing I could see happening at the end of this tournament is Seamus getting the belt, um, cashing in his money in the bank, perhaps even losing, you know, a semifinal or even the final matchup and then cashing in his belt or cashing in his his briefcase. Um, I think I'd, I'd love to see Wade Barrett get a run with the belt, but I think I'd love to see him back as Bad News Barrett and not this King Barrett persona. Yeah. I think there was so much scope. Like, he is just such a good heel. Like, he since the day he arrived, he has been one of, in my view, one of the best heels in the company. And every time he's gotten to the point where something big is about to happen for him, he's just been so unfortunate with an injury or whatever. And then they gave him this King of the Ring title, almost like sort of a holding pattern type thing. And I just love to see him finally make that step up. And because I think, barring the names you mentioned there, Rollins, we've, we've Rollins has proven he can carry the belt. 
Orton has proven he can carry the belt. Cena has done the same. And obviously the other one is Daniel Bryan. Those are really the only four guys that I think have actually proven that they can carry the belt and the company. I don't think Sheamus managed it when he was champion. I know there's a couple of other guys that have been champion on the roster. I'm leaving Taker out of this discussion because we know what he can do. Well, what, what about what about Brock Lesnar? Well, what about Brock Lesnar? Do, do we see Brock Lesnar come back early? Um, do they sacrifice his his dates that are still available to, to put him in this tournament? How, where does he fit in in all this? Mo, what do you think? Brock Lesnar is certainly somebody that needs to consider. Um, obviously, the ratings issue is one thing we've been talking about for several weeks, and the ratings being in a slump is something that certainly can be helped by Brock Lesnar becoming champion once again. However, they need to be thinking also about what their plans are for WrestleMania. And if those plans for Brock Lesnar don't involve him being a champion or chasing the title, um, then perhaps Brock Lesnar winning the title um, is something that they will be steering away from. I personally would like to see them move in a slightly different direction. So in that regard, um, perhaps keep Brock Lesnar in the tournament but not have him go over as a champion um, by the end of the night. Um, but I certainly think it would be a good idea, good idea to have him within the tournament itself. Um, so it, including him would be a good idea. And as I tweeted about earlier today, um, WWE's financial people will certainly be licking their lips about the possibility of a tournament being the focal point of Survivor Series being nothing but a good thing for network subscription um, uh, numbers. So... In that regard, Brock Lesnar being in the tournament would certainly be a plus. Would I, would I be right in thinking that the plan is rumoured to be Rock versus Brock at WrestleMania? I would imagine that that's one of the big matches that they'll be looking at, certainly. Um, they've got to sell out close to 100,000 tickets for this event. Mm. It'll be their all-time record attendance for this show. And to do that, they really have to have some top, top marquee matches. And you don't get much more marquee than Brock versus Rock. So see, that's the thing. If that's, if, if that's the plan, then they can't really put the belt on Lesnar because they're going to have to take it off him. I would assume before Mania, because like after Mania, we can't really have Rock or Brock walk out with the belt if they're only going to be part time. Well, that's right. I mean. They've had that kind of issue with Brock being the champion before and the tendencies during that time didn't really do all that great um, because of the fact that their main champion, the focal point of the company, was not attending, not appearing in any of the house shows. So having a working champion who does work most, if not all, of the house shows, um, in my view, is certainly important. They need to start building up that um attendance uh, attendance um, at the house shows again and Brock Lesnar obviously can't help with that because he works very select dates mm. and at the same time we know that The Rock as well will be turning up and then this period to film several more movies and ballers and whatever else he's doing so you can't rely on him to be working house shows and house shows still to this day are quite an important part of the company in terms of revenue so they need to have a healthy house show um, uh, kind of scene. And with Brock and Rock being the champion, being the focal point in that regard, um, that certainly wouldn't help with house shows. So 
I would certainly agree that it wouldn't be in their interest to have either Brock or Rock um, winning um, or f certainly fighting for that championship. So I would certainly be going down a different route, which is uh, what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Well, and, and to be fair, I mean, I don't think that either of them need the title. Um, I, I think having Lesnar involved would definitely generate some interest. One thing that I think uh, needs to be made very clear is that the WWE have a great opportunity on their hands here, and they, they need not let it slip through their hands by filling the tournament with people that we know are not going to win the tournament. And I think you know we can all say that some of the more likely candidates of people who will be involved would include the Kevin Owens and the Alberto Del Rios of the world, but Owens is not going to walk out of the Survivor Series with the Intercontinental Championship and the WWE title, mm -hmm. and, and quite frankly, Del Rio is not going to walk out with the United States title and the WWE Championship either. I think they need to bring some big names in. I'm talking about stars like Chris Jericho. Somebody, I mean, they, they need to bring folks like that in um, who are bigger names and can compete in this tournament and generate some real interest uh, for Survivor Series. If he well, was if money motivated. Sorry, Mo. <laughs> Sorry. No, fire ahead, Mo. Just, okay. If I can play devil's advocate for a moment, I mean, I, to completely appreciate your point, Matt, but... Isn't this also a golden opportunity to create a star and turn somebody into an important key player um, in one night? And we've seen that with Survivor Series, I think it was 1998, where they had a tournament for the title, and it was The Rock that won the title, albeit he was well on his way to becoming a star. It might have been Survivor Series 1999. This is possibly an opportunity to turn somebody like a Finn Balor in one night into a very, very important person within the company, make his debut on the main roster, coming out in front of many of the hardcore fans who watch NXT, he'd be absolutely huge in terms of the fan reaction. And if he went over on that night, it would be just the shock of all shocks. And is he ready for the title? Well, you can only find out if he actually wins it. Um, it'd just be a completely left-field thing. And that's one of the things that we haven't really seen in WWE. You know, in the past, we used to talk about anything can happen in the WWE. Well, one of the problems set into the current product is it's very predictable. Um, and pre predictability in some ways can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. And um, I think there's nothing better to freshen things up, potentially, than introducing somebody completely out of left field and Finn Balor might just be that person. I think it's a great point. Um, and, and I, I absolutely agree with it. When I, when I say, I don't want them to, to let this slip through their hands. What I mean by that is I don't want them putting people in the tournament that we can expect to lose. And I think we all can expect that putting Ryback, Dolph Ziggler, um, or even Cesaro for that matter. Listen, I love Cesaro and I want Cesaro to get a push, but we all know damn good and well mm. that that's not going to happen. We all know that there's not a chance in hell to steal a phrase from Vince McMahon that Cesaro is going to walk out uh, WWE champion from this tournament if he's put into this tournament. Now, Finn Balor, I think, would be a fantastic wild card, but you also have to think about the presentation of the tournament itself. Will they announce the bracket the night of the show? I, I think they're going to be promoting the bracket for several weeks leading up to Survivor Series. So um, whether they would want to expose the possibility of Finn Balor actually winning and taking away from, from any sort of surprise a few weeks leading up to it is something they may want to stray away from. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, Dave, what do you think about all that? Would you yeah, like to see Finn Balor or some other NXT stars in the tournament? Yeah, as I said to you earlier on, I'd love to see Finn Balor in the tournament. I'd love to see Samoa Joe in the tournament. But I, I just don't I don't see that they would win. I could see them if it's, say, if it's a 16-man a tournament, so you've got to win four matches to win the belt. I could see Balor maybe winning a match or two, the same with Joe. I mean, you're, you're, you've nailed it with Cesaro. They've booked him so weakly over, you know, they've made him look terrible over the last few weeks in terms of losing every single match. Um, like, even to go back to SmackDown last week, in the, the setup that they had, the six-man tag, it's still him that gets pinned. You know, it, it's not Ambrose. They still make Ambrose look strong. It's not Ryback. They make Ryback look strong. He gets made to look weak. And by the way, the springboard corkscrew uppercut is one of the best things I've seen in a WWE ring in years. It was incredible. So they just they can't put the belt on him. And, you know, you've, you've named the other ones that they can't put the belt on. Um... I mean, to go way out of the box, is there any chance they'd look at bringing Kurt Angle back short term? Uh, you know, Kurt Angle is an interesting uh, case because I, I, I'm not certain exactly at this moment what his deal is with TNA. I know that he has been um, fishing uh, or I don't know if fishing would be the right word. If, if he's been talking to Bellator about potentially doing a fight. I know um, my co-host on my other show, Brad Gilmore, actually interviewed Kurt Angle on his show with Booker T last week and had some, some more insight regarding that. Um, so I'd have to get Brad back on the show. Maybe he could help us out with that. But Kurt, I think, would be a great wild card. I, I know for a fact, though, that um, when Kurt uh, put feelers out about coming back to WWE uh, last bad. time, he had to work a full-time schedule, and that wasn't something that he was crazy about. Yeah. And I don't know whether his body could hold up for that either. But again, as we talked about, Dave, before you jumped on, on the show, Mo, um, when we talk about Survivor Series 1998, and, and that was the heel turn for The Rock that night when he joined the corporation, could you envision a scenario where Roman Reigns walks out WWE champion with the, with the, uh, the help of the authority? Absolutely, I can. I mean, we've talked about the possible need for Roman Reigns to turn heel um, to really establish himself as a elite level main event caliber worker. Um, he's got certainly certain aspects of his game, which are certainly at that level, other aspects of it, which are missing. And perhaps a heel turn would help to really refine his character and take him to that next level. And that would certainly be a very uh, possible and plausible scenario. And I think the, the issue is, is that it'll be, again, talking about predictability, there's certain um, opportunity to go down that route again with a screwed or finish. And my only issue with that is, is we've seen that on so many occasions, um, not only at Survivor Series in years gone by, um, but more generally. And to do it again um, would, would just really so lazy in terms of booking and I'd like to see something a bit different I mean yeah by all means get uh, sorry get Roman Reigns into that heel position by the end of the night but do it other than um, a screw draw finish so yeah I, I'd like to see I, I'd like to see that happen and have him as the heel champion and perhaps have somebody like um, Dean Ambrose um, aspiring to the title uh, for another program, perhaps leading up to the Royal Rumble and then going in a different direction post-Royal Rumble um, would certainly keep the title situation um, different in terms of the personalities involved. Um, but that's certainly very uh, uh, high up the list of uh, 
opportunities that the WWE can, WWE can explore um, in terms of booking ideas. Well, we've talked about some of the ideas that we would like to see and, and things that would make us excited as fans, but we also have to remember who we're talking about, and that's WWE. So uh, do you gentlemen envision that the night will end with John Cena as a 16-time World Heavyweight Champion? I was literally just going to ask, because everybody's saying that Cena's out, Cena's going away. Like he was, I believe, wasn't he due to take some time off? Yes. But, I mean, needs must, and he's the ultimate company man. And he's the guy that you know you put the belt on. We know he can carry it. We know he can carry the company. It won't be a popular decision. I would. I tell you this now. It's the perfect opportunity to have him turn. It's the ideal opportunity to have him turn and, and become a heel and get that heel run in and see how it goes. Because, you know, they, they literally are scrambling now. It's of all... The likely of all the potential outcomes, I do think 16 time world champion John Cena is the most likely. Ah, oh, what do you think? I wouldn't rule out Triple H coming back and uh, surprising everyone um, with another title run. It's been a while since we saw Triple H as the world champion. And who's to say that he won't look to surprise everyone um, by perhaps being a surprise entrant on the night? They might decide to have one or even two surprise entrants. They might have a bracket of about eight. Um, so in, in terms of the numbers uh, for the tournament, I wouldn't go more than eight. I wouldn't go to 16. That results in um, what, uh, 13 matches on the night. That That's a bit too much. So I'd go with an eight-man tournament. That means you've only got seven matches on the night, which still allows potentially a couple of matches uh, for non-tournament um, activities. And the Wyatt's first to get Brothers of Destruction is one, and I'd probably throw in a, a Divas match as well. Um, but I wouldn't rule out Triple H. Um, but what I tweeted about earlier is that my preference, my strong preference would be for Kevin Owen to emerge victorious on the night. So in that respect, I'd like him to... Uh, certainly be involved in the tournament, but to also go over go over as the champion because uh, he's certainly proven to me and proven to many other people that he certainly can hang at the top level. His work against John Cena earlier this year was absolutely superb, top-notch work. And since then, he's just been so impressive in every respect in terms of his promos, the way he carries himself. It's just been great all around. So I think... Kevin Owen would be a perfect WWE World Heavyweight Champion, somebody new, somebody who can bring all types of different uh, scenarios to the world title and uh, make a difference to John Cena and Randy Orton and we've, uh, on all those types who we've seen over and over and over again. And that's part of the reason, I think, why the ratings have been in perpetual decline in the last several years because people have seen too much of the same old guy um, on, on the featured spots on uh, the WWE roster. So let's give somebody different a chance, whether it's Kevin Owen, whether it's Finn Balor, or even Triple H again, because it's been several years since we last saw him in that spot. But something a bit different. Let's go for something um, that we haven't been seeing for a while. Can I just uh, assure listeners that me and Mo were not in contact before the podcast. And yes. we, we, ha we weren't just lining up <laughs> ideas because, Mo, before you came on, I, I said the same thing to Matt. I think we could definitely see Triple H. I didn't even think of the possibility of him winning it, but I think we could definitely, I think we should definitely see him as part of the tournament. Yeah. 
Uh, I think it would it would really create an interesting scenario and and create some buzz around the tournament as well and get social media talking. Um, I, I personally, I think that they should have another look at the Shockmaster as well. That might be something <laughs> to uh, kind of shake things up a little bit. Uh, so certainly this is going to change the long-term booking for WrestleMania. Uh, as we talked about earlier in the show, I mean, it was anticipated. Or- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Rumor, at least, that we would have a Shield triple threat main event, uh, perhaps, for the WWE Championship. Um, I've got another Twitter question here from Guy Drinkle, at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. He says, who do you see being pushed into the main event picture now with Seth Rollins being out. And we've talked about a couple of names, but obviously um, this will create a vacuum. Who are some of the other names that uh, you gentlemen think we will see heading up the card as we get into WrestleMania season now? I I would love to see Cesaro have a strong showing in the tournament and then get booked really well coming out of it and launch himself into that title picture. I don't, uh, like, I can see why they've put him in the tag division. It kind of keeps him on TV and, you know, the the pairing with him and Neville, it, you know, there's some nice bits there. The pairing with him and Tyson Kidd, and I haven't actually been on since all the stuff about Tyson Kidd, and it was really sad to see what happened to Tyson Kidd, and I do hope he'll make a full recovery. But um, I'd like to see Cesaro as a singles competitor, if not in the main event, at least in the US title you know, getting a run with it. Or, you know, as Mo said, look, if Kevin Owens goes on and wins the tournament, then put the IC title up, put a tournament on Raw or something in the coming weeks, or even a Battle Royal, and have Cesaro win the Battle Royal and give him the IC title to carry. Maybe he's the one, Matt, you mentioned it before, ditch the IC title, bring back the European title. Maybe Cesaro is the guy who can just who can come out and say, "Look, I'm Intercontinental Champion. I'm throwing that in the bin. Here's the European title. I'm from Europe, and this is me." And you bring that on as a new storyline. I like it. I like it. What do you think, Mo? Who do you think are some of the uh, the stars that could rise to the top here now? I mean, in terms of the um, booking for the tournament and restricting it to only eight, it means that you will have to leave out some key people. 
inevitably. Um, I mean, my ideal lay, I've, I've written it down, um, I'll just mention who they are, um, would be Cena, Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, um, Daniel Bryan, I'd bring him back. Um, I'd try and do what I can to get him cleared um, through the doctors. Um, that would be a huge. I, I huge know that pop. would that would make gags very happy. Mm-hmm. It would. Yes, he'd <laughs> be over the moon. Um, Kevin Owen, uh, I'd also debut Finn Balor on the night and um, Triple H. So for me, that's a great mix of new talent as well as um, established names. And that means you're having to leave the likes of um, Alberto Del Rio, Randy Orton, and also Sheamus, um, amongst others, um, out of the tournament, which is a shame. But I think that kind of mix I just um, mentioned there of those eight individuals would really uh, present some intriguing opportunities. And above all, uh, in terms of who could win the tournament, I think any of those could, um, with the possible exception of Dean Ambrose. I don't think anyone would expect him to win the tournament of those eight. So if it was any one of those eight that you could potentially swap out for ones that might have missed, it perhaps would be Dean Ambrose. But on, on the subject of Dean, you know, he, he's one of these guys that since the uh, Shield split up last year, he has turned into a really, really popular babyface. And I think the WWE has underutilized him. They haven't really appreciated the kind of fan reactions that he he receives, um, it shows. And that's been quite consistent as well. I mean, it's very rare to see him turn up at a show and get a lukewarm or no reaction. And on top of that, I mean, his his ring work too is is very, very good. And his personality and his promos have also been right up there. So I think WWE owes him one. I think they'd really need to do something a bit more with him to capitalize on the popularity that exists for him. Um, So using the tournament to try and do something to take his character in a different direction and to give him a bit of momentum, um, you know, the opportunity is there. So let's try and do something with him too. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say, you know, in, in regards to Dean Ambrose, um, I, I w- it would be a mistake, I think, for them to turn him heel right now. Um, I know the company has looked at Roman Reigns consistently as being the next guy, but um, I, I, I would see a scenario to be much more believable and would draw more money for you if you would have, uh, if you would have Roman Reigns walk out with the title, with the support, perhaps, of the authority and Dean Ambrose chasing for the title. Dave, um, if you want to jump in here on this, um, what what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it, it would make a lot of sense to have Reigns win and turn at the same time. Because, to be honest, uh, like I'd love to see Daniel Bryan back, but if they bring him back and he doesn't win that tournament, people are going to go absolutely ballistic. <laughs> and I think it would be kind like they could really like it, it was a really negative thing. The last time it happened after the rumble, it put a negative spin on the whole night of the rumble. Whereas they could turn it into a positive for themselves. If it was Reigns and Ambrose in the final and the the authority helped Reigns win and he joins them. And there's multiple angles to look at why it makes sense. It makes sense from a business point of view, but from a storyline point of view, it makes sense as well because there's always been that drama between Ambrose, between um, Daniel Bryan and the Authority. 
So they don't want him to be champion and they can continue to push that, that they don't want him to be champion. And they've now screwed him and they've brought in Reigns into their group. And he's taken as the, he's seen, like he can come out and say, well, he's seen what they've done for Seth Rollins. Why wouldn't he want to be part of that? You know? So it, it makes the most sense to do it that way. Um, I like Mo's bracket. I mean, I, I didn't think earlier when I said 16 in terms of how many matches that would lead to because I think if you're going to do it that way, if you're only going to have an eight-man tournament, then yeah, do the Wyatts against the Brothers of Destruction as well. There'll have to be a Divas match. They dis- they deserve a match on the on the card. Um, and I think there should be a tag team title match as well. So it makes sense to have it as an eight-man tournament. I like Mo's list, but the thing is, if you if you bring in Balor, then it's a bit of a slap to Sheamus and to Barrett and to Cesaro, and you're kind of diminishing those characters even more by pushing a guy who's never been on the card. So as much as I would love Balor, if it's only an eight-man tournament, then I'm just not sure he's the right the right pick for it. Well, I also think they have to consider the fact that um, and when I was preparing the format this week for the show, I had us talking about NXT and some issues that they they may be having in the future. Obviously, we won't have time to get into all of it tonight, but um, it does hit on a key point that I did want to bring up regarding NXT. And that is, uh, is the brand going to be in trouble next year? Um, Because they don't have as many transferable stars right now. One of those guys happens to be. Finn Balor, but unfortunately he's their champ and they've got to keep him there. Um, So do you go into full panic mode and bring Finn Balor over? Because if you bring Finn Balor over, then you have to make him win the tournament. Mm. Otherwise, all you've done is diminished everything that he's accomplished in NXT. Yeah. Or, or you get him to the final, you make him look strong and you book it with where the authority come in and they help Reigns to beat him. That's the only way you can put him in the tournament and not have him win, is if he's the victim to Reigns turning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they've got to be very smart in how they book it. <laughs> That's a bit of a big ask for the WWE booking team um, in the current climate, when even simple, straightforward booking seems to be a bit of a challenge for them. Um, but yeah, I think they've got to look at striking a balance between protecting people at the same time people having to lose as well um so you know we talked about brock lesnar possibly being part of the tournament and you know to try and book him in the tournament and at the same time not see him win the tournament um, they've got to be careful how they do that and that's where sometimes using you know count out finishes or dq finishes um might have to be uh, might have, might be necessary because um, that's the only way to eliminate somebody like Brock uh, without damaging his uh, credibility, his his aura. So they need to be very careful how they do these types of things. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean NXT and Finn Balor, if he is part of the tournament, needs to also be protected. Otherwise, if he's just thrown in there uh, and jobbed out and presented as something that's uh, no, not special in any regard, then that's damaging not for, only for him, but for the NXT brand, which this year has built up tremendous momentum. So they need to consider that more widely as well. Well, there you have it. We're, we're going to uh, to move on from this topic, um, gentlemen, because I think we've uh, 
we've covered it pretty substantially, but it does open a lot of possibilities for the Survivor Series, for the future of the WWE Championship, and obviously for the road to WrestleMania in Dallas. So once again, uh, Seth Rollins out for the next six to nine months, and a tournament will be set up for the WWE Championship. Let's turn the page a little bit since we talked about Divas briefly. Um, some big news came out recently, Mo, that I know uh, probably made you very excited, and that is that Pro Wrestling Illustrated named Nikki Bella the number one <laughs> women's wrestler of the year. I saw this and immediately thought of Mo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mo, uh, take it away. Well, there's no accounting for poor taste, is there? I mean, yeah, I, I, I just think that um, when it comes to certain lists, um, some are more credible than others, and whenever PWI, uh, God bless them, take um, the time to produce these lists, um, they they are usually not ones to take too seriously. That would be my view. But then again, um, if it was somebody else like um, Sasha Banks at number one, I probably would have been saying something a bit different. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that's fine. I can understand why people would want to put her at number one. Um, I certainly don't think that um, being able to work great wrestling matches was high up their list of priorities when it came to um, assembling their list. And it's a list of 50 females, am I, am I correct? Yes. Okay, so that that's, that's for them to do. And, you know, that's one of the magazines when it comes to lists, whether it's PWE, PWI 500 or their uh, female 50, I've never really paid too much attention to since I've been about the age of 15. Um, but yeah, good good on her for um, topping that list. Um, that's probably the only list she will top this year. Um, all the serious lists will uh, certainly not be putting her anywhere near number one um, in terms of being a top female uh, wrestler. But yeah, good on her. Well done. Dave, what do you think about this? Do you, do you think that Nikki Bella is deserving of, of the top spot on the PWI list? Absolutely not. However, I would like to play devil's advocate a little bit for on, on behalf. Like the last time I was on, we talked about the the divas revolution, how it had kind of been botched, and how we all agreed. I think that it was the established girls that were there that were kind of holding things down. But I don't think we can really blame. I think Nikki and Brie Bella both get a lot of stick. And I think most of it is undeserved. I think a lot of it is because of, you know, who their partners are. Um, obviously, Daniel Bryan and, and John Cena. Um, I think they, you know, people look at them and say, oh, you're only in your position because of who you're with. But in fairness to those girls, they do work very, very hard. They have spent a long, long time in the industry. Both have improved immeasurably in the last kind of three, four years in terms of their terms of their in-ring performances. Now, they're still not great, but they both are capable of having a good match with the right opponent. And I think, you know, th they were there when the Divas division was basically, uh, you know, I was, I was not even, it wasn't even an afterthought. It was the one where they would stick the match between two big matches to kind of kill the crowd energy. It was the match that would get cut from the show if something ran over. And these two, 
and you know along with the likes of Natalia they were there through all of that and they grinded and they turned up at every show they turned up at all the signings and they have done an awful lot for the WWE and they have got it to the point where now there is this generation of phenomenally talented young female wrestlers coming through Charlotte Charlotte Flair Becky Lynch Paige Sasha Banks there's obviously others in NXT um, Naomi's quite talented but those three those core three of Brie, Nikki and, and Natalia, I think they often just get overlooked because the era where they were kind of the main girls was just weak it wasn't really their fault and I think they kind of get blamed for it but they were the ones that had to carry it and I just think in fairness to them they do deserve a lot more credit than they get yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that 100%. And the other thing that I would say, too, is because um, this, this has generated quite a bit of controversy on social media. Uh, there is a lot of Nikki Bella hate out there, in my opinion. Now, mm. I mean, I think we, 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 all, we all can argue over, you know, is she a, as capable a worker as Charlotte, for example? No. No. I, I, I think we all can agree that she's not. But if Charlotte is walking through an airport terminal, will she be as recognized as Nikki Bella? No, absolutely I don't. I, I, I don't think so because Nikki Bella is a star, and at the end of the day, this is sports entertainment. Yeah, and she is a huge star. And she is, without question, the most recognizable female athlete in WWE yeah, right now. Hundred percent. And and the and thing she is, draws money for WWE. Yeah, and the so, you thing, know, can I people, just answer that as well? Sorry, please. after you, after well, you, Dave, I'll let well, you finish. Well, it. I was just going to say, like the thing people do forget is that Charlotte is a wrestler. Sasha Banks is a wrestler. These are girls who grew up wanting to be wrestlers. The Bella Twins were models who became wrestlers. They transi transitioned into it, you know, and I think the WWE are to blame for the way that girls like that get pushed. I mean, you look at, say, like Sasha Banks, the one Mo mentioned, she is phenomenally talented in the ring. But if the WWE have to send someone to an event are they going to send sasha banks or say eva marie they're going to send eva marie if they have to put one of their faces on a billboard they're going to put eva marie's face on the billboard now sasha banks is a million times better in the ring than eva marie will ever be but this is where the jarring point with the divas side of things and i hate the term divas as well that needs to be binned off and forgotten about it should just be women's wrestling but the WWE, largely because of Vince, will always push the model over the talent in the same way that for many years he pushed the body guy over the talented worker. So I think Nikki is, a, is just a victim of, of that. I, I don't really think it's her fault. And I think she's gotten as good in the ring as she possibly can. It, everybody has a limit to the to, to their ability. Hers is a lot lower than the likes of Sasha, Paige, Becky, and Charlotte. She's maximised her ability, and I know it falls short of like the really talented female wrestlers out there. But again, it, I don't think that's her fault. Yeah, Mo, you want to jump in on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything that David said. I mean, it, she does get some uh, stick, um, partly by myself, but. <laughs> A lot of it is due to the criticism about her work. And, you know, one of the things that I always give her credit for is that, you know, she certainly comes across as a star. Um, she is 
certainly somebody who's got a lot of charisma, has a lot of personality, is very competent on the microphone as well. And you're absolutely right, Dave, during those lean times for the uh, Divas division, you know, she was certainly one of their prominent um, names. And that was at a time when I was advocating that WWE should get rid of um, Divas full stop because they seemed to serve so little purpose um, within the company that I just didn't see any point in um, females actually wrestling on the WWE roster. Um, such was their lack of purpose at that time. And that's completely changed now, in my view. I mean, with the likes of Sasha Banks and Charlotte coming through now. Um, but what I would say is, is that Nikki Bella's um, closest male um, um, kind of counterpart would probably be someone like Miz, somebody who... Um, outside of wrestling is perhaps recognized, is well known. But when it comes to what happens in the squared circle from bell to bell is is limited. And I'm not saying that they're necessarily poor workers, that they can't um, put together a good match. I'm just saying that there are others that are much better. And that's why I propose, what I've been proposing that the likes of Sasha Banks and Charlotte are given much more time um, to do their thing at the expense of the likes of Nikki Bella, who should play a less prominent role on TV. And there's no question, it, it's almost a fact that the Divas Revolution has not been much of a success because in the first three, four months that um, it was rolled out, it was Nikki Bella who was still uh, the most um, promoted uh, of the females. And it's only in the last three, four weeks that she's finally um, been slightly removed um, in terms of exposure within the female division that um, I feel that there's a bit of momentum that's starting to gather now. And we've seen Sasha Banks now being groomed for that kind of challenger spot. Um, and I think that at some point, very, very soon, she'll be facing Charlotte. And I think when that happens, um, it will certainly take um, the division in a different direction and an exciting direction as well. And, you know, we saw a taster of that earlier in the year um, in NXT. So whilst I, I've, I'll happily concede that, you know, Nikki Bella certainly has a role to play within the company, as far as I'm concerned, you know, she she's there to be part of the background and not to be... Um, the focal point. The best thing to do with her probably would be tra to transition her into the movie side of things, to to put her in with WWE films and get her yeah get her out of the so, ring. She can still be the biggest female name, but her primary role is as an actress slash model slash whatever else. The female miss then. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, she'd I, look yeah. at herself as the female Cena. But, but we'll go with the females. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I think uh, Nikki picked up an injury, um, which is interesting because the, quote, injury, uh, end quote, has come up at the same time as John Cena taking some time off. So it's um, pretty uh, pretty unique uh, timing there. But um, nevertheless, she has taken some time to step away for an injury or for whatever the reason is. And we'll see uh, how the, the Divas division and the Divas revolution uh, if you will, flourishes. I agree with you, Dave, as well. I, I, I hate the term diva. Um, I, I think it's just it, it disrespectful, I think, isn't it? it? Yeah, I mean, it cheapens, I think, what um, what these female athletes are doing. And mm. I mean, if you want to call it a – don't call it a diva's revolution. Call it a women's yeah, revolution. Yeah. Like even, uh, even the one thing TNA do is they brand their women better. Knockouts yeah. is better than diva. Like 
if you think of the word, if you if someone says to you, "Oh, such and such is a diva," you automatically think negative things. If you hear "such and such is a knockout," it's much more of a positive thing. Now, again, it's demeaning in in certain ways too, but. It's the one thing TNA does slightly better than WWE is they brand their women a little bit better. It's about the only thing they do do better. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Possibly tag team wrestling as well. I do love the Wolves. Oh, they're absolutely fantastic. The Wolves and the Briscoes, the Briscoes at a ring of honour, both of them need to be in the WWE next year in the tag team division with the Usos, the New Day, the Dudleys and whoever else and actually make the tag team division about real tag teams, not about whatever two single stars have nothing else to do with the time. Let's lob them together. Oh, there's Seamus. He's got nothing to do. Oh, look at Wade Barrett. He's got nothing to do. You guys are a tag team now. Okay. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Bye. It's, it, it bothers <laughs> yeah. me. It bothers yeah. me. Well, it I mean, if, if, if we see the Briscoes anytime in the future and uh, WWE will be an NXT first, because mm, of course absolutely. everyone has to be, everyone has to be quote washed through the developmental territory so they can be branded um, because WWE will always refuse to admit or let someone get over until they get them over. Mm. Um, and that's just uh, a fact that we've seen time and time again, um, which I think is, is, you know, one of the, the big issues that NXT has right now um, is the fact that, um, can they actually claim that they're creating stars of the future or are they simply cherry picking the stars of the indies, uh, rebranding them and then eventually moving them uh, up to the main roster? Teaching them how to wrestle the WWE way. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, yeah, can I just, yeah. can I, I want to get you, because I haven't had a chance to, to talk to either of you about this and it's something that's bothered me for a while and I had meant to tweet you about it, but I wanted to just get your proper opinions on it. We've seen, because we've been talking about Rollins tonight, it's brought it up again for me. We've seen Rollins use the pedigree of the last couple of months. Yes. Doesn't that bother you? That Like, it's not his move. It's never a move that's going to be associated with him. It's Triple H's move. Like, this nonsense that the curb stomp was dangerous. Rollins is a very safe worker. He'd never hurt anybody. I I, I actually... Breaking John Cena's nose. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was what a fight name. Well, yeah, to be fair. But I, again, I don't think that's his fault. I think Cena ducked his head when he shouldn't have. And I well, think, I think, I think, I, I think that you're on to something, though, in that uh, the times that Seth Rollins has injured someone, it's been doing a powerbomb in the corner or a high knee. Both are maneuvers that are acceptable within the realm of WWE. Yeah. But Alberto Del Rio's kick to the temple of the head um, is completely acceptable. But a curb stomp... Uh, which is a relatively safe maneuver, is not acceptable because of the perception that's created um, at the same time in which in American sports, everyone's talking about traumatic brain injury. Um, so I think it's more of a perception issue than it is a protection issue. And I, I agree. thing as well, it's, it's also the name of it, like what a curb stomp is. And we've seen Reigns, he still does it the odd time, but the drive-by used to be a staple of every Reigns match. And now it's not so much. So I wonder, is the connotation of the name just them going yet one step too far towards this whole PG nonsense that they're continuing to to shove down our throats? Yes, 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 and yes. All all of it has uh, a a lot to do with that as well. I mean, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, as as they talked about uh, several months ago, the leaking of um, of notes 
from WWE regarding things that commentators and announcers were, were fed to say and not say, basically being coached into how you would call a match. And it's astonishing that uh, announcers are told that they're not allowed to acknowledge blood. Mm. Um, things like that are insulting to me as a wrestling fan. But then yeah. again, another word that's also admitted from the vocabulary is wrestler. Yeah, they're a sports um, entertainer now. It's just, it's just, yeah. out, it's outrageous, mm. you know. Yeah, well, that's been banned for many, many years. I mean, going back till probably the eighties, in fact. Um, it was sort of around eighty-seven that Vince McMahon took a very strong dislike for the word wrestling, likened it to um, territorial promotions, and thought that term was old hat, like they were and coined the term sports entertainment and wrestlers became superstars and everyone had to be known as a superstar but yeah i agree dave i mean some of the things that they get a bee in their bonnet about are just ridiculous well and you know essentially wrestling is is about violence and it's about fighting it's about yeah. one guy or one girl fighting another guy or another girl and there's no getting away from that. And, you know, if they're going to take it to that extreme of, well, okay, that move looks a bit dangerous or it sounds dangerous or the perception is negative, then very, very quickly you can then strike a line through 90% of moves and what will you be left with? Headlocks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it goes, that famous Vince McMahon quote about when Ted Turner rang him and said, Vince, I'm in the same business as you. I'm in the wrestling business. And Vince went, oh, well, I'm in the entertainment business. And it, it was almost like he like he spat out the, the kind of, I'm in the wrestling business, as if that was an insult to what he does. But I think that's part of what got Punk so far over, is that Punk wanted to make it clear that he wasn't a sports entertainer. He was a wrestler first and foremost. I think, and I think Daniel Bryan's the same way because people understand that he's a wrestler first and foremost, not a sports entertainer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's one of those things that you know they just decide, okay, the move either looks dangerous or it is dangerous or there's a potential for injury. And in this era when former talents of theirs are are suing them for injuries, um, I think they're just being a bit too. Um, cautious and it, it's just one of those unnecessary things in my view but you know that's just one of those typical things that you sometimes see from the WWE you know sometimes they get very very sensitive about things and blood is one of those examples and um, you know that you know that no doubt there'll be some other move next year um, that they'll take some irrational dislike to and it'll be banned and no reference can be made to it but you know that's WWE yeah well, listen, guys, we've had a very uh, a very fun show tonight, and uh, obviously the Seth Rollins news dominating most of the show. Real quick before we uh, we get out of here and we get to our shameless plugs, um, quick predictions, Dave, because uh, you know Survivor Series is two and a half weeks away. If you had your call right now, who walks out of Survivor Series as the new WWE champion? Mm, Roman Reigns. Roman I, I just think he makes the most sense one way or another i think it's it's the easiest path it's the one that makes the most sense to me does he walk out a face or a heel i hope it's a face i hope it's a heel i really really hope it's a heel but it's wwe so probably a face <laughs> we're so optimistic mo <laughs> your quick prediction what do you think uh, who walks out wwe champion in two and a half weeks 
100% agree with Dave. Yeah, it's looking like range to me. Um, again, I'd love him to be going over on the night as a heel, but I agree again with Dave. For the same reasons, it will likely be as a face. They'll turn him quite literally into another Cena, somebody who they'll try and persist with as a baby face, but who just will not get over amongst the uh, more vocal and vociferous hardcore WWE fans who dislike him just because he happened to be somebody who wasn't Daniel Bryan at the night, night of the Royal Rumble earlier this year. So, yeah, it looks like Roman Reigns to me. Well, I'm going to throw in a wild card here and say that I really think this is a huge opportunity for this guy, and I think we're going to see him make a dramatic return. I'm, I'm thinking Glacier. I think we're going to see Glacier <laughs> um, walking out WWE champion. It's going to be a cold night at the Survivor Series. Blood runs cold. Yeah. So, um, well, guys, um, another great show. Let's get into our uh, our shameless plugs before we go. Dave, you've got a lot going on on the Anfield Index uh, and some other projects as well. You want to tell the listeners about it? Yeah, so the big one for me is my own new show with Steve Gennaro. It's All in Sports Talk. Our website is allinsportstalk.com and our Twitter handle is at allinsportstalk. If you go to our website right now and click the Donate tab, it leads you on to a page where it gives you some information on a competition we're running in conjunction with Sports Connections Foundation. And this is a, an organization, a charitable organization, that gives children who are born in disadvantaged families or with illnesses the opportunity to have you know, a great sporting moment in their lives, to, to meet a famous player, to walk out on the pitch as a mascot, um, different things like that. They're also bringing you know, sport to villages in Africa. It's a tremendous foundation. Check out their Twitter handle. It's at SCF4Kids. SCF, the number four, four kids. Check out their Twitter. Check out their website. And check out the competition on All in Sports Talk. You can win a match, a game-worn pair of Air Jordan CP3s signed by Chris Paul, a Liverpool home shirt signed by the whole first team. To get into that competition, you only need to donate £5. Uh, you can donate any amount you want, but £5 will get you a ticket for the draw. And also, obviously, check out the Anfield Index and the Happy Hour, which is also me and Steve Gennaro, and that is every second week. There will be a show next week. We had an all-in drop today. Awesome. Outstanding. Well, thank you very much, Dave, once again, for being on the show. Always fun to uh, have you back on the index. Mo, what do you got going on, man? What's up? Are, have you finished your book yet? <laughs> I haven't even started it yet. <laughs> no, um, yeah, a bit of a quiet time again, but um, I'd like to announce that the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame issue is out this week. And um, I'm one of the people that um, has a casting ballot on the Hall of Fame and um, several new entrants into the Hall of Fame. I'm very, very disappointed that uh, one of my favorites from when I was a child, Big Daddy, didn't make it through. Um, that was very disappointing news. But on the plus side, um, one of the great talents, um, Brock Lesnar, is voted into the Hall of Fame and uh, thoroughly Nick deserved... Is Nikki Bella in? You must be joking. <laughs> Not yet. Never. Absolutely never. I mean, yeah, it's um, it, it, it's it's good news to see Brock Lesnar in other great notable names such as Shinsuke Nakamura, Paraguay Jr., the late Paraguay Jr., the Assassins, one of the great uh, territorial tag teams from the 60s and 70s, 
Ivan Koloff, former WWF uh, world champion, and um, Puerto Rican legend Carlos Colon uh, make up the rest of the uh, new entrants. So, uh, you know, a great um, new uh, cast of uh, talents that have joined the uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. And perhaps, uh, Matt, we can talk about that on one of the upcoming episodes. Outstanding. Yeah, we'll have to definitely cover it next week or... Uh... Or the week after, um, so uh, a lot coming up here on the Pro Wrestling Index uh, as we uh, we head to Survivor Series and a big change on the horizon for WWE. Uh, a couple of quick points for me, everyone. You can find out more about what I'm doing day to day at Matt Topolsky uh, on Twitter. I've got a website, matttopolsky.com, where you can see all my projects that I'm involved in. I do a uh, a daily podcast as well, covering sports, sports entertainment, pop culture, and more. Uh, alongside my co-host from Reality of Wrestling, Brad Gilmore. You can find that at OpinionPodcast.com. And I'm also working on a new uh, daily morning news pod as well. And uh, all that information is up there on Twitter and on the website too. So uh, that's it. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks to Gags for the platform as always. And make sure you tweet at us at PW underscore index with questions, comments, and suggestions regarding the show and regarding Survivor Series and the news about Seth Rollins. We'll be back next week right here on the Anfield Index Podcast channel. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.